everything was okay in all of the areas, which I believe it is, and she was going to check on, I think it was separation anxiety, that she just didn't want to be in another part of the building away from me, but uh, that's okay. Yeah, we can all say, aww. Aww, yeah. We know that's not true. Yes. Okay, what do you think? You looked at the message, but yes. you didn't look at it too long. No, I didn't, and, because but, I just have to flow with you. Well, let's see, let's see if, uh, if, if we got the right group here. Okay. How many of you realize that there are some times that you are fully convinced that what God said is working in your life, and you know that you know that you know it, and you are just on fire being fully convinced that God's Word is working? Can I see your hands? How many of you have times in your life when you're just not so sure uh, whether God's really going to come through or probably more so did you really hear God right the first time? Can I see your hands? And I think that's all of us. If we reach the point in our life when we will operate and focus on what we are fully convinced about, we will see the blessings of God come upon us and overtake us. And we're going to talk a little bit about Abraham tonight and how Abraham had to reach the point in his life. He didn't have to, but he did, that he was fully convinced. And we're going to read the scripture in Romans chapter 4, that whatever God said he could do. This is the essence of the word tonight, honey. It's, It's we can't understand how God's going to do what he's going to do All we understand is, I believe that God can do whatever he wants to do and whatever he says. And once we get that revelation, then everything else falls into place. We don't have to understand. And that's when peace comes, I believe. You know, it says, we, my peace I give you, not as the world gives, do I give unto you. It's in John 14, 27. It says, let not your heart be troubled. What that means is we don't have to be concerned and worried and upset about everything if we believe what God says is what God's going to do. And uh, it, I believe it really is the greatest issue is knowing that God said it. Uh, we're going to talk about that in the month of July about hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, knowing uh, not just the word, but knowing that it's God's word for us, not just the word, but a word for us individually. And once we know that, uh, I believe Abraham, there's hope for all of us, because if you look at Romans 4, 17, it says that he, God, he was talking about God, how God called those things that were not as though they were. Abraham made some mistakes. So that gives me freedom in my life that I I can make some mistakes and God is still going to do what he says he's going to do. And, uh, and that God, you know, really trusted Abraham, with a lot, but you know, he still made mistakes. Turn to your neighbor and say, sometimes we make mistakes. Sometimes we make mistakes, but that doesn't disqualify us from believing and speaking what God tells us. Is it just me or does it feel like a heaviness in here tonight? Is it just me? Well, I don't know. I don't, is it just me? Huh? Feel heavy in here? Yeah, it does. It does. Maybe you could sing a hard headed woman or something. Oh, how many of you realize sometimes is, I don't feel, I hardly ever feel it on Sunday at nine eleven, but every once in a while I do on Wednesday and I People don't know if it's because we just slide in here and I got here on time and now I got to go home and do this or do that or whatever. I, I don't know what it, my singing won't release the heaviness. It'll just it'll just clog up. Some bit. There's a there's a song. <laughs> yes, there's a song that, that I love 
Oh, I don't love it. But it's, it's a cool song. Elvis sang. It's a, called "A Hard-Headed Woman." No, yeah, "Hard-Headed Woman," "Soft-Hearted Band." Mr. Trouble. Miss, it's, it's been causing trouble ever since the world began. And Adam told Eve, "Listen here to me," you know, and all this kind of stuff. And I sang it to Pam one day, and she has not let me forget it. No, he and asked he, last and, week if he could sing it. And every once in a while, the couple I'll, shared. I'll tell her, honey, if you get those women shaped up, we'll be okay. It started <laughs> in the Garden of Eden, and it went from there. And then anyway, we we know that's not true, but. Anyway, okay, I don't know what to do to uh, get the heaviness well, out. Well, we put on a garment of praise Father, for we a spirit thank of you heaviness. That the Amen? heaviness is gone in yes. Jesus' name. Jesus we name. refuse to have heaviness yes. upon us. It stops us from hearing. It lets our mind roam. It lets us wonder what the heck is going on. And in Jesus' name, we will not receive any heaviness. Turn to your neighbor and shake it and say, lose weight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are you ready now? In Romans chapter oh, 4. Let me read here because as we talk about this, is heaviness is a weight. Yes, it is. Heaviness You're is right. a demonic. Right. All heaviness is I'm glad a demonic. Glad you explained that. That's yeah, good. All yeah. heaviness is a demonic weight. Yes. And when people are unhappy, they they attract uh, uh, stuff. I, you know what I'm talking about. There's some people walk into the room, they brighten the room. There's some people that leave the room and they brighten the room. So anyway, we. You we don't that. want anybody to leave, though. Don't. Everybody stay where you are. You get that in just a minute. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, how would you like for God to show up and say to you, Pam, guess what? You're going to give birth to a child. <laughs> well, I guess if whatever God says, it gives you the would ability you ju- to do it. So I would ju- say, praise the Lord. <laughs> I don't know if I believe that. <laughs> I, I don't know if I believe that. I want to believe that. Well, what that. am I going to say? What so do you the Holy say? Spirit shows up and says, Pam, you're going to have, I'm going to give you twins just for the heck of it. Well, what do I tell God? I don't want that. I don't know. You tell me. I wouldn't tell God that. uh, I'd have to figure out. Well, I don't have to figure it out. Sarah laughed. Yeah, she did. She thought it was funny. And they said, don't laugh. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I wouldn't well, laugh. Well, actually, Sarah lied. (laughs) I think I'd pass out, actually. (laughs) Actually, Sarah lied to God. Yeah. She laughed, and he says, why did you laugh? She She said, said, I I didn't didn't laugh. See see what I'm talking about, women? No. (laughs) Sarah, Sarah tried to lie to God. Yeah, she did. She really did. That's what I'm telling you. There's but no he way. nailed her right on the spot yeah. mm-hmm. and gave her a baby. Yeah. Yeah. But she, then she wanted Let's to do it. Let's ask you. But then she wanted to do it her way. Well, yeah, that's true. She, she did. did. Mm-hmm. Adam said, whatever. Yeah. Oh, no, it wasn't Adam. It was Abraham. I was going <laughs> to say it. When did Adam get in this? And we're still <laughs> suffering in the Middle East right now <laughs> and in the world. From that decision, yes, we really is, are. Yep. And so, what 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 it is, and I, and I know that sounds silly asking that question, but you know, sometimes God will show up, and He'll start speaking. You probably can't stand up here and tell me some of the things you're hearing, because number one, it is so maybe far fetched even for you that you can't even wrap your mind around it. But I guarantee you. God is speaking to every single one of you because just as a good father will always tell his children what he wants them to know and to learn and to do with their life, God is going to tell you. And I know God is speaking things to me that I don't feel a liberty to share with you yet, but I know this. I haven't been able to wrap my mind around it, but I'm trying to wrap my spirit man around it to determine, is this really God speaking to me? Now, once I get that solidified in my spirit, I'm ready to go. But until I get it solidified, I can waver 
was it God? Was it not God? Was it something I ate? You know, all those kind of things that can go through our mind. But in Romans chapter 4, this is a powerful verse in verse 20 and 21, because when Adam gave birth, uh, or Adam, why do I keep talking about Adam? And Adam didn't ever give birth. Well, I got that song in me right now. Oh, hardhead. I'm sorry. I messed hard you up. Hardhead. Yeah, you really messed me up. I know. It's my fault. Cry. It usually is. I just say, forgive me. Everybody say, forgive me. That is the best way to get things back under control. Just say, forgive me. You say, well, I wasn't wrong. Well, who cares? I forgive you, child. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should preach alone. So far, I am. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do, you do Romans 4, 20, 21? Yes, Tell them what I will. it means to you. Okay. Tell them what it means to you. Okay. Now, I'm reading from the New Living. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. It wasn't uh, because of what Abraham could do. It was because he believed that God could do what he said he would do. And that's what pleases God. Faith pleases God. So, so what does fully convinced mean to you? It's going to happen. I mean, it's, it is going to happen. Now, I've learned over the years that that doesn't mean next week or two years from now, the time frame, just like uh, Jesus told the disciples, uh, you know, the time frame has nothing to do with what we decide. That is about what the Father decides. So I think that's the key to people living by faith is that we don't put a time on the promise, but we have to believe the promise because that's faith. And Abraham was a hundred years old when, um, when, who was born? I, Isaac. Isaac was born. Yes. And uh, Sarah was 90, 90 years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is amazing. But he was fully convinced that whatever God said, turn to your name and tell whatever God's telling you. Whatever God's telling you. You can be fully convinced. You can be fully convinced. That he can do it. That he can do it. How many of you know that? How many of you know that? that God do. can do whatever he wants to do. But then all of a sudden he says, well, this is what I want to do through you. This is what I want to do with you. This is what I want to do with your family. And I, I had that, this example came to me as I was praying this morning. Years ago out on Southland Drive when we lived there, you were laying on the couch. And uh, Daniel had spent a lot of time with us. He pretty much That's living our with, grandson. Yeah, living with us, our grandson. And uh, John and Elizabeth were living downstairs uh, in that home before we moved there. But we had Daniel all of the time. I love all the grandkids, but he's probably the one that was with us and with me uh, going to the nursing homes, praying for people. And, and there, how many of you realize there's a point in time in a child's life at about zero to four, zero to five, they'll believe anything you tell them? Whatever you tell them, they'll believe. And uh, and and we were talking about healing, and he'd go to the nursing homes with me, and he would pray for the people, and we'd lay hands on the people, and he'd stick his little hand out there, and it was it was precious everywhere that we went. And one day you were laying on the couch, and he was about yeah. five years old, and 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 Pam. No, he was only about three when he did that one about. Healing. Like I was saying, he was three, and 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 he was, and she was laying on the couch, yeah. and and she said, I, "I have a headache," and I was getting ready to go somewhere, and I was just getting ready to go down the stairs, and and I heard Daniel say, uh, "Hey, Mimo." Would you play catch with me? And you said, I don't feel good. I'm, I, you know, I said, I think I said, I don't feel very good. 
And he immediately came over, put his hand on me and says, be healed. In Jesus' name, be healed. And then what did he say? I jumped up. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yes, I did. You, you jumped up. But he said something before you jumped up. What did he say? Let's go play ball. Yeah, let's go play ball. Yeah, he, he, did. He, he laid hands on her, prayed for her, and said, be healed, now let's play ball. Yeah. He didn't ask, did you feel no, better? No, he Nothing. didn't ask me that. He thought and knew that you were ready to play ball. But we did that with him a lot because he had yeah. asthma real bad. And I would, at night, when he'd be with me, I would put my hand on him and I would pray over him and say, you're healed in the name of Jesus. And I believe even small children receive. Sure they do. And it brings peace. Everybody say peace. You know, when we when we believe and we do what God tells us to do, they believe it. And that's the reason that when I said that, he wanted to play ball. So the only solution would be if I was healed. So he did what he knew to do. And, and I believe that's what God wants all of us to do, no matter how old we are. That's the way he wants us to think. And all we have to do is stand on what he says and what he tells us. Yeah. I had three points here, that three, it's three steps <laughs> to being fully convinced. God said it. I believe it. I believe it. That settles it. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. Uh, a few years ago, several years ago now, probably about five years ago, uh, uh, John and I and uh, Terry Henshaw were doing an outreach in, in Lima, Peru. And uh, there was a BVI graduation and some other uh, outreaches that we did while we were down there. A huge turnout. It was really awesome. And on the way to Lima, uh, I, in my prayer journal, I was just praying about some things. And God said, I'm going to do something so amazing, it will even amaze you. And during the course of that, and some of you might have heard this testimony before, but during the course of that event, we saw people healed. We saw a lot of people come to the Lord. It was really exciting. It probably was not something that we haven't seen before, either here or in other outreaches, but miracles are miracles, and you're always amazed when you see the miracles of what God will and can do. But it wasn't that I was thinking about what he said but I did, I did occasionally think about, I'm going to do something amazing that it will amaze even you. And we're in downtown Lima, Peru. There are eight, and I'm not even thinking about what God said. There are eight million plus people in Lima, Peru, and I think they all live downtown in Lima. I mean, it's huge, the biggest traffic jam I've ever seen anywhere in the world. And, and we're, Terry Henshaw, most of you know Terry, he's been here and ministered. He's down in Dominican Republic ministry now. And, and, and he said, there's a gift store I want to go to, and I don't remember where it is, but let's see if we can find it. So we're going down the side streets in this huge crowded city. We get off the main street, and we've walked for two or three miles down these side streets trying to find this certain gift store. And we come to a corner, near a corner, and we realize that we don't know where we are, and we probably are getting lost. And he said, we need to find a Peruvian and find directions. They will know how to get to this gift store and how we get back. And so we're walking by what looked like a restaurant, but I don't know what it was. And this woman walks out the door. She looks very Peruvian. She walks out on the sidewalk, and Terry stops her and starts talking to her. I'm standing there just looking at the traffic going by and everything, and this woman looks at me, and she starts screaming and jumping up and down and says, you, you, you. 
I know you. I know you. And she just keeps doing this. It becomes almost embarrassing. And she's looking at me. And I said, you know me? And she's talking with a heavy accent. She said, yes. You have a church back in Indiana, and it's next to a Mexican restaurant. And your wife, she leads worship. And she starts talking about our church. And all of a sudden, I said, you have been to our church, 8 million people in Lima, Peru. This woman had been in our church. She had been at a conference in South Bend at Notre Dame. She'd come down to Lafayette to visit some people she knew. She ended up in our church, and she grabbed my hand and said, I must talk to you. God has sent you. Walk me down to the corner of the street told me this horrible story that was going on in her family and said, please pray for me. God has sent me. As that all unfolded, I remembered what God said. And I just stood in total amazement at what God can do. We can be fully convinced that whatever God said, he's going to do it. We don't have to make it happen other than when he tells us to do something. We have to do it. Terry Henshaw called and said, I'd like for you to go to Lima, Peru and do a VBI graduation and some other things. I said, hey, how about if, oh, no, I said, I'll pray about it first. As I prayed about it, then, you know, we, we prayed about it and talked about it. I called him back and I said, I feel like God wants me to go. We'll never know mm-hmm. what is waiting on the other side when we just take a step to do what God has called us to do. Tell your neighbor, God's got something like that for you. God's got something like that for you. I know this, that woman will never be the same. No. I will never be the same no. seeing what God did. And we've seen those things over the years, honey. We can be fully convinced no matter what it is, God's going to take care of it. You know, to be fully convinced means that you're only looking at what God's doing and not what you think between yeah. your ears, yeah. because that will keep you from that opportunity. Uh, you know, we, we can think about all the things. There have been many times where we've been uh, given a word by the Lord to do something, and it, it is a sacrifice. Like uh, David said earlier, it's, it's something that with our thinking, it's like we really shouldn't be doing that right now. We know we have these things we're doing and these things we're doing. But uh, Pastor Billy Joyce used to say, keep the main thing the main thing. Yeah. And the main thing is always what God's saying. It's, it's not what we think, not how we perceive it. Uh, I think we talk ourselves sometimes out of the thing that's going to uh, be an opportunity for us to see God do amazing things if we'll just step into that place that we don't fully understand, but we're fully convinced. There's a difference between fully understanding and being fully convinced. I have preached this for over 30 years, and I'm never going to stop it. And the two most important things that you have to live by, two most important things. If you're doing this, you're going to be fully convinced. If you're not doing this, you won't be fully convinced. Number one, you have to make a decision. I'm going to live the Word of God no matter how I feel. Turn to your neighbor and tell I'm going to live the Word of God. I'm going to live the Word of God. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4 said, Man should live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And sometimes when you're around people that are trying to live the Word of God and share the Word of God, can't it drive you up that proverbial wall when people just constantly tell you, you just need to live what the Word of God says? Turn to your name and tell them, you need to live the Word. What does that mean? It means you act, A-C-T, you act like the Word of God is truth. How many of you can do that? It is heavy in here tonight. Is it, I'm the only one that noticed it. Or is it? Well, I, I don't. You don't notice it. Am I the only one? Maybe I'm the only one. 
Am I the only one? Well, Maybe I'm heavy. <laughs> <laughs> Be healed in Jesus' name. Uh, do something. <laughs> Wiggle your seat, clap your hand, do something. Just for me. Okay. Okay. How many of you have a, how many of you from time to time know that you have a challenge living the word of God? Word of God says the joy of the Lord is your strength. So you look in the mirror and you see a sourpuss. And you say, Well, yeah, but. Yeah, well, but what? Well, you don't understand what I'm going through. You're already in trouble the minute you use that verse. I don't, I, you know, you don't understand what I'm going through. If the joy of the Lord is our strength, that ends the conversation. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And we need more strength for the battle, so we need more joy. So the joy of the Lord, which reduces, re- releases the endorphins, in our body and, and, and is an opiate that goes into different areas like an opiate, different areas of our body makes us feel better about ourselves. So therefore, when we're some one is down, the other just needs to yeah. bring the word in and say, knock it off, suck it up, and l- move on. Now, we do live our life like that. If one of us goes down, there's no pity party from the other person. Because we learned over the years that, that that doesn't help. You know, if I say, you know, every all of us have opportunities where things come that just really try to discourage us. Uh, my husband does not allow discouragement when I'm discouraged. But then he turns around and gets discouraged. Now, the thought is, well, because it's you, it's okay. No, I can't say that because that just brings more strife, more division. So we have to use the word. Everybody say, use the word. And bring it back to the truth to stop what the enemy is trying to do. I don't remember this. I don't remember exactly how it happened, but I remember this one day you were, you were saying, saying some things with me that, you know, they were, it, was, it was a string of things that were truth, of things that were not going right. And when she got all finished, I said, so what's your point? And we're looking at me, and just like right now, she started laughing, and we both started laughing. It's like, okay, all these things are going wrong. We can't do anything about it, so what's your point? Why are we even talking about it? Why don't we move on to something that brings joy into our life? when you can't do anything about it. Living the Word is something that we have to act upon to make happen and learn the Word and then live the Word. And then the second thing is to be led by the Holy Spirit. And and that's John chapter 16, verse 13. The Holy Spirit is a guidance system. You have a built-in guidance system, if you know Jesus, to lead you every single decision you make. And when you start making decisions contrary to the Holy Spirit, you are in serious trouble. You aren't convinced at all. As a matter of fact, you're separating yourself from God. We've never seen a situation, whether it be in, in divorce, whether it be in families, or whatever it is, or potential divorce and all these things, somebody has separated themselves from the leading of the Holy Spirit, and they're trying to prove a point instead of being led by the Holy Ghost. And trying to say, it's, you know, it's something that it's not. You know, when he was saying there's a spirit of heaviness, you know, I believe there's a spirit of heaviness over the world. I feel it when I go grocery shopping. I feel it when I go in a store. Uh, I believe people are becoming weary in, well, maybe not well-doing, but they're just becoming weary in the circumstances and situations of this world. And that's why we're the people that show the goodness of God, who God is. So we have to be people that are allowing the Word of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit to be alive on the inside of us everywhere we go. And there are times where uh, Pastor Bill and I do things we don't necessarily feel like it. You know, uh, sometimes, 
yes. <laughs> I remember sometimes my husband would say, uh, you know, he, it's about coming to church. Well, he, he doesn't hop out of bed every Sunday morning. Uh, there are Sunday mornings where it's difficult for him to get out of bed and come and do what we do. I mean, we've been doing this for a lot of years, every Sunday, every Wednesday, every Sunday, every Wednesday, and all the days in between. But we don't live by our flesh. We live by the truth of the Word of God. So I believe that in the body of Christ, the body of Christ is getting weary in well-doing. Not just this evening people get tired but it's a spirit that's trying to take over people's lives and um this happened probably when did your mom go to the hospital sue it was back in may because it was before i went to florida and we got a call and i went up to the hospital and sue's mother uh really she by all appearances it did not look well and they gave this report and, uh, you know, I was headed home, and I was tired that Saturday, and uh, I was on my way home. I had talked to, to Lisa. She had told me my mom's up there, and she's not doing very well, and, and I was tired, but I felt like the Holy Spirit said, go up there. So I turned my car around. I went up there, and I went in the room. Pastor Pam, I am so glad you're here. Well, I'm nobody, but faith. Everybody say Faith. See, and, and, and she doesn't come here all the time or anything, but uh, I sat down beside her bed, and I started talking to her. And we talked probably for a, a good 45 minutes. And she didn't look any better when I left than when I got there in the natural. But God did something on the inside of her that caused her faith to start stirring up. And she started, she had to go through some things, but she started getting better. They went to take her to a nursing home, and we were uh, at my sister's house, I can't remember for what, the 50s, the 50s thing. And uh, the Fab 50s, I'm in that group. I know I don't look it, but I'm in there. And um, I'm really, you know, uh, not supposed to be, but I, but, you know, my age qualifies me, but not my heart. I'm just real young in my heart. And anyway, we're there and everybody's having a good time. I get a call, happened to walk in to where I'd put my purse. Now, Fab 50s have a good time at their parties. This is not a silent group. They're very noisy. Uh, you know, they're singing. About that time they had my mother, who's 92, getting ready to play the piano and have a sing along. And, and I wanted to stay and see that. But I walked out and I heard that phone ring. And I picked it up, and it was Sue, my mom. They were trying to take her. She's not breathing. So I said to Bill, we've got to go to the hospital. So we rushed over to the hospital. I go in there. She has a breathing tube, a breathing tube. I thought, now, in my natural mind, I thought, uh-oh, this, you know, this is not a good thing. But in my spirit, it was like, just tell her it's going to be all right. So I'm right down there in her face. Now, they, they wouldn't even want to let us back there. But they did finally because everybody came out so I could go back there. And I said, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. She didn't look okay. Everybody say, by faith. See, we cannot live in this world by what we feel because the enemy is trying to do things in people's lives to steal their life. I mean, not just this was evident, but it's happening in people's lives all over. I've wa- I'm watching him. And so I, I went in there. We prayed. I left. And when I left for Florida, she was in the nursing home. Thought that's, well, that's probably where she's going to be. 
I get a call when I get home. Lisa says, well, she resurrected again. She's back home, and she looks better than she has in several months. Now, I want to tell you, if we had gone by what we saw, if we had gone by what we felt, you know, if I had just said, not that I'm anybody, but see, people's faith rises up when somebody comes and says, it's going to be okay, even though we are not, it's not us, it's the Spirit of God saying, this is going to be all right. We can be tired, we can say, whatever, I'm no different than you, but we are to show the goodness of God. And really, in the day we're living in, that's when you call things that are not as though they were. Because every time I said to her, you're going to be okay, it, in, my, in my mind, it was like, I hope this works. But in my heart, it was like, speak what I speak. Don't speak what you see. Speak what I speak. And so, you know, I, I, sh- I shouldn't even have been by my phone when it rang. I would have been in the other room. But God p- timed that thing. So I was there right at that moment. We didn't stay there a long time. We talked to the family. We left. But people's faith connects to the word. Everybody say the word. That's right. And when we speak the word, you know, you are going to be healed. You are healed right now, but you are going to experience the manifestation of the healing that belongs to you. Even though somebody has a tube down their throat, that is not the end. That's right. It's not settled That's until right. God says what it is. Amen. That's right. And the word of God is forever settled in heaven. John ten twenty seven says that my sheep hear my voice. And this is what the Lord was showing me when I was praying this morning, is that we are living in a world, there is a heaviness, no question about that, but it's a preoccupied world. It's preoccupied with technology. It's preoccupied with things. It's preoccupied with multitasking. It's preoccupied with overextension of time. It's preoccupied that people enter into a preoccupied habit. Everybody say preoccupied habit. Preoccupied habit. And that is a bad habit. And what happens then is you start doing the same things all of the time on a treadmill and you don't even realize it. You get up in the morning and the first thing you do, now turn to your neighbor and say, he may be stepping on your toes right now. You get up in the morning, the first thing you do is turn on the TV or turn on the radio and you start watching the weather or you start watching a news program or you even start watching Christian television. And then you get busy because you're going to have breakfast or you're going to get the kids up or you're late for work and then you're going to run to work and then you go to work and then you go to lunch and then you come back to work and then you come home and you cut the grass and you do all these types of things. So, well, I go to church on Sunday. When do you get up early in the morning and ask the Holy Spirit what he has for you? When do you go to bed at night and talk to the Holy Spirit and let him give you a good night's sleep? When do you dream in the middle of the night the dreams that God wants you to have? When do you do all the things that are really important to you? Jesus addressed this with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And I'm just going to give you a scripture and recap it. But it's in Matthew chapter 16, verse 3. He said, you, you know the signs of the time. You know, I mean, you don't know the signs of the time. You, you know about the weather report, and you know about the sun and all that kind of stuff, and you know about the moon, but, and you can forecast weather and all this kind of stuff, but you don't know the sign of the times that we're living in. The most important thing today for you for your family, and for your children is to learn to live the Word of God and to be led by the Holy Spirit. 
And you have to spend time with both to have that deeply ingrained as a habit in your life. And we're living now where that's not happening, honey. Even in Christian homes, people are so busy being busy. And I know that I'm probably talking to certain people here today, but, but you got to be careful about all of these activities that your kids get involved with. Is the Holy Spirit in it? Or am I just in it because everybody else is doing it? And when you're led by the Holy Spirit, you have to take time to come away and pull away and make sure this is what the Holy Spirit's wanting us to do. And therefore, if people understand that, it takes time to hear from the Holy Spirit. Uh, if you, It just doesn't come by osmosis. The Holy Spirit's voice in my life is very soft, very soft. Uh, if I'm around noise of any kind, it it can kind of blank it out. I just, you know, I just have to get away or first thing in the morning just be quiet. But it's so important that we do that because if we don't, we'll not know what God is saying for us to do, which is going to bring the peace of God on the scene. Well, and there's so many situations that only God knows what it is. You know, I was thinking about tonight, I saw on television where the, the school teacher who was lost and uh, 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 someone offered a drone. Now, I have only experienced a drone one time, and that was in Florida. These young boys had a drone that they were flying over all the pretty girls. And, you know, so, uh, you know, they could get, they could see, you know, they, and the girls didn't know they were doing it. They were flying, and the drone flew right into a chair. I just thought that was so funny because, you know, then they got found how, out. How many of you guys can think back to an age what you used to be that that wasn't a dumb idea? <laughs> anyway, I was thinking about that drone and, you know, that woman, nobody had found her, but that drone uh, from above was able to find her and, and she was rescued. And, you know, the Holy Spirit sees all things. Uh, it's like, he's like a drone, yeah. but if nobody's listening, nobody's, you know, I mean, somebody was operating that drone. And so, you know, what the drone saw, they were able to see. Uh, and, and so we have to be able to see what the Holy Spirit sees. And the Holy Spirit, you know, it said in the beginning, he was hovering over the earth. Well, I believe the Holy Spirit is continually on duty. The Holy Spirit knows what's going on. But we don't know unless we're looking and listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying. And so many people today, my sister came flying in this morning. I had breakfast with her this morning and my nephew, her nephew, or her grandson, my nephew. And... Uh, she said, well, I just heard Joyce say this morning, all right, it's not about being busy. It's about being fruitful. We need to be fruitful. We need to be fruitful. And she gave me a whole teaching on being fruitful this morning in 15 minutes or less. But it's true. We're busy. How many of you have people say, I'm so busy. I was, I was just so busy. I've been so busy. I've been busy, busy, busy. But then God's going to say, are you fruitful? You know, you can be busy and not be fruitful. Fruitful is when you have the fruit that God wants us to have for that day. And I believe in my life, I have to make myself every day go and spend at least an hour in the Word of God, Monday through Saturday. I don't do it on Sunday because I come here. But every morning, that's what I do. And, and I have to make myself do that. Now, I'm in a position where we, we have a church, so my responsibility might be greater than yours. However, I don't believe any of us as Christians can wait until something happens to find out what God's saying. 
We have got to be proactive. We have to be ahead of the situation. And God will tell us what's wrong with us. I just promise you, you you ask God sometime, what made me do that? You will hear instantly. Now, you may not like what you heard, but you will hear instantly because he wants to help us do and be who we're supposed to be. How many of you realize that it's easy to ignore the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit never goes away? And that the things that the Holy Spirit is trying to show you will always be there. And, and how many of you are like me? You can become preoccupied very easily. You just get on that treadmill. I want to give you some examples of preoccupation. Joshua was preoccupied with what the people thought at the first battle of Ai after coming off a tremendous victory at Jericho. And he lost the battle because he wasn't listening to God. He was listening to the people. Can I see the hands of all the people who somewhere along the line, you did something you shouldn't have done because people told you you should do it, but you did it anyway. And you didn't have the leading of the Holy Spirit. Happened to all of us. Second one, Gideon. Gideon was preoccupied with fear and a poor self-image. Now, God came to dispel it by telling him he was a mighty man of valor, but he was preoccupied. David, for all of David's success, David was preoccupied with a lust for women. And he had it in his life, and he passed it on to his son Solomon. And Solomon had the same problem. The disciples, they had fear on several occasions. All you got to do is read the book. Jesus says, let's get, all get in the boat and go to the other side. The first thing that happened, the storm came. Storm wasn't a problem. You go right through a storm, over a storm, in a storm, whatever. Storms are not a big deal. Tell your neighbor, storms are not a big deal. Storms are not a big deal. Gee, it seems like on Channel 18, the storm's coming. Everybody's supposed to go hide and button down the hatches. Glory to God. Uh, anyway, uh, the, the disciples were fearful, and Jesus said, why are you fearful? Uh, Peter, Peter, <laughs> Peter was pre- preoccupied with his own thoughts. How many of you have ever talked to someone? I remember Billy Joe tell, telling this story one time. Have talked to someone, and you can tell they're not listening to you. All they're doing is waiting to determine what they're going to say. You, how many of you know what I'm talking about? Billy Joe said this one day. It was about... Sharon said, why don't you share things with me anymore, Billy Joe? Am I saying it right? I think so. Mm-hmm. And, and he responded and said, well, Sharon, when I say things, it's as if you don't even listen. All you're concerned about is what you're going to say. And there are a lot of people like that. They're not listening to what's coming forth by the Spirit. They're more concerned with what they want God to do for them versus what God is showing them yeah. to do. And that's dangerous. Yeah, we, I, I have to work on my listening skills sometimes because I think we we get preoccupied with what's our response going to be, and maybe we don't even hear the whole thing. Uh, I've found that with people with text. They read the first line, and they go running after that, and they haven't even read the whole thing. Find out later if they'd have read the rest of it, it was totally different than what they what they read. What? preoccupies your time and all of you be thinking what preoccupies you what takes your mind away from the things where it should be anything that causes fear worry doubt unbelief anxiety in your life is a preoccupation with the things of the world and it's demonic and if you allow it to pull you it'll become a habit and a lot of people are, are in habit formation because they've done it for so long. And I shared this with Pam. doesn't matter what age you are, you can, you can change. 
But if you don't change at a young age, as you get older and older and older, you get, and you've heard this many times before, more set in your ways. And, and it's not a good position to be in. But the Holy Spirit will show you what preoccupies your mind. And he'll show you how to get rid of it. And he'll show you how to change your life. And it'll be a good thing. Our focus is so important. Hebrews chapter uh, 12, honey, we're going to read that. But our focus has to be always on the Word of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit. And that's what it says in in, uh, Hebrews chapter 12, 1 through 3. You want to read it and tell me what it means to you? Okay. Well, we got to run a race. Turn to your neighbor and say, got a race to run. And you can't run when you're all weighted down with things. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. And uh, I'm I'm a fixer. You know, different people have different personalities. And so when I hear things, sometimes I get preoccupied with, how could that be fixed? Let me see. And so I get to thinking on that, and then I hear another thing. Well, then I go over there and try to think about, well, how could that be fixed? And then I get another thing, and I'm trying to figure out how that could be fixed. And when we get preoccupied like that, there may be something that the Holy Spirit's trying to tell us to do that would fix everything. But we've gotten our mind involved. How many of you know we have a strong mind? God gave us a strong mind. He did give us a sound mind. The Bible says that, not a spirit of fear, a sound mind. But we have to sometimes on purpose listen to what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell us, or it becomes a weight. It becomes a weight. And the older you get, I found this out, the more people that are involved in your life that you care about. And the more people you care about, the more people you want to help. And the more you want to help people, everybody has situations. You know, every one of you sitting here tonight has something that I could try to fix for you. If you want to just deposit it up here, I could think on that. But that's not my job. That's not my job. My job is to pray and release that and let the Lord fix it and keep my focus on where I'm supposed to be. Then I can run my race effectively. But, you know, when you have children, then they have children and then you have friends and then you have a church full of people. You can become so preoccupied with all the fires, so to speak, that need to be put out that you lose track of what the main thing is. And once you lose track of the main thing, you're no longer effective. I'm no longer effective. Look at how it says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him. He endured the cross, disregarding the shame, and now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Look at verse number three here. Think of all the hostility he endured for from sinful people, then you won't become weary and give up. What happens is if our focus is not where it belongs, our focus will be upon right or wrong. It'll be on situations or circumstances. It won't be on the Word of God. We will become disappointed. We talked about that Sunday. Then we'll become discouraged. And then if we stay there long enough, we'll become depressed and we'll become anxious. And that is the dangerous place to be. Let's all stand to our feet. We can make decisions to live the Word of God and to be fully convinced that whatever God said, it's okay. To be happy all the time, to be joyful all the time, to be meditating the Word all of the time, and never allowing ourselves to get down. 
The devil loves to disappoint and to depress people. And when, that, when we allow that to happen, it's a slippery slope, honey. So why don't you pray for the people? It looks like we've got a full house here of people that know Jesus. And uh, why don't you pray for the people? Because you may be here tonight and you've heard this message and you say, you know what? I'm living that message and I'm feeling good about life and myself.